Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Ariana Bravo and this is the Autosport Podcast. Max Verstappen won the Mexico City Grand Prix by 16 seconds ahead of second place Lewis Hamilton, who kept a hard-charging Sergio Perez at bay in the final few laps. However, Checo's third place was more than enough for the home crowd. Meanwhile, Paul City Valtteri Bottas had a disastrous race, finishing up P15. I am finally back at my hotel. The party at the track is still well underway, but right now I am joined by Jess McFadden, Director of Digital Strategy for Motorsport Network and Autosports Technical Editor, Jake Boxelleg, back in the UK. Let's kick things off how we always do, guys. Thank you for joining me, first of all. Uh, but let's kick things off how we usually do with marks out of 10 for today's race. And we're going to go first to JBL. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with a five. Um, it w- it wasn't a stunner. I think the crowds did a lot of the sort of legwork with regards to atmosphere and that kind of thing. I'm sure you experienced that more than any of us did. Turn one was was exciting. Lots of stuff happened. I think everybody thought it would because it's just so tight down into there. But um, the the rest of the race kind of played out pretty standardly, if you like. So let's I'll go five. Okay, Jess, you're nodding along. Yeah, well, you you know me and my my measure but someone someone has outdone me this week i got a tweet in from amy who is at neverlift underscore sv5 on twitter um she said that you know the whole how many times do i pick up my phone thing that i used to rate the races she made a whole cake during that race so that kind of gives you an idea of how tuned in i think people were uh, across the entire Grand Prix because as JBL said once term one was over 
There was maybe a peak of interest around the pit stops, but then it very, very much flatlined until we saw Checo chasing Lewis down in the final moments. But even that kind of fell flat in the end, unfortunately. So I think I've got to go with JBL's five out of ten. Like it wasn't, it wasn't disastrous, but it wasn't thrilling, which is a shame because, as you say, the venue. Um, the track, the atmosphere, the party vibe, the city, all of it has the makings of an absolutely incredible Grand Prix. But today, just the conditions meant that there wasn't actually a lot of racing going on. Yeah, I I agree. It did sort of dwindle off after that first lap action. Um, But yes, as you said, the atmosphere was something special. I can vouch for that. It was really, really electric out there. Fans going wild for Checo, as you would expect. And when he got out the car at the end... um, yeah, that was mental, absolutely mental. But let's get straight into it because we're going to go through how this whole race unfolded. Uh, let's start with the race start, good place. Um, and Max Verstappen with that incredible move to nab himself that P1. Um, so late on the braking, such a great move to see. JBL, what did you make of it? Uh, it was it was a bit of a strange one, really, because uh, and I'll explain why in a moment. But um, yeah, Verstappen just had acres of space just to sort of go into, and yeah, as you say, so late on the brakes, and the fact that he just could turn that car, get that rotation, and get it into the corner, it was excellent car control, and um, completely able to avoid everything that that came behind him. Um, uh, and the reason why it was a strange one because after the race uh, in the press conference. Um, Lewis Hamilton probably wasn't massively pleased with uh, Valtteri's tactics at the start and he said that Bottas probably could have held the line uh, at that side of the track better could have blocked him off um, uh, Hamilton was trying to sort of do his thing on his side and keep a red ball behind um, but Verstappen just as I said had acres, acres of space to go into get the drive, go through the corner and then when the safety car came a few corners later, he he was in command at that point, and it was, I say it was his to lose. Uh, he, he never looked like losing it at any point during the race. Yeah, I spoke to uh, Christian Horner after as well, and yeah, he was just completely in control, wasn't he? From that moment on, he was completely unchallenged. Um, there was really nothing threatening him at all, and the pace of that Red Bull car was looking really impressive throughout the race, both for him and for Checo. We saw Checo on Lewis's tail throughout, closing the gap, closing the gap, not able to actually get into P2 at the end. But the pace of that Red Bull was really showing up today, wasn't it, Jess? Yeah, absolutely. And I think we've, we went into this weekend, even with as as close as it has been throughout this season, we keep referring to Mexico as a Red Bull track. And that is, I mean, JBL will be able to go into the ins and outs of that better than than myself. But we know that the Red Bull runs better in these conditions. It's high altitude. It's It, it favours a high downforce setting. Um, and Mercedes are a little weaker on, on that. So, and I think, you know, we know also going into this Grand Prix that the pole sitter doesn't tend to be the victor at the end and a lot of that has to do with the drag race down to turn one as we saw uh the slipstream was pretty powerful but as jbl said the positioning of the mercedes was quite interesting which i just want to kind of circle back to because i heard a a number of things going on about that um that that uh start but 
I, I thought it was an absolute world-class move from Verstappen, even if he was given, kind of, as JBL said, strange amount of space. But interestingly, um, from what we've heard kind of post-race, Max was aware that Mercedes had a brake issue and so could be way more confident on the brakes going into turn one because he said that I knew the Mercs couldn't break where I could. So he could go much, much further into that corner, much deeper into that corner and still have, I mean, as JBL said, amazing car control, especially under those scenarios where you're not quite sure where the Mercedes were. I mean, at points in the replays, I was trying to work out were Mercedes trying to do some kind of, you know, switch around into turn one so that Lewis would be leading after turn one. But I mean, that would be quite a risky maneuver to do given um the drag race but it just just seemed like that that it was strange defending by Bottas um which obviously had him very much stuck um after the collision with with Ricardo and I mean I'm probably going to go into Bottas in detail a bit but it was cringeworthy race for him um just we always talk about bad luck Bottas don't we but I just I you literally couldn't write it the, the 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 things and the scenarios that he went through during that race it was almost not funny after a while even going down to the the initial failed fastest lap attempt at the end i mean i don't think i've ever seen somebody come pit twice in order to 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 make sure that they could take that one point away from max verstappen um but yeah an interesting one but i mean yeah jbl can probably explain the reasons as to why that red bull was just untouchable um, this race more better than better than I because he's the tech guy. <laughs> okay, so uh, as many commentators and, and, and publications, ourselves included, uh, certainly uh, have, have attested to this weekend, uh, Mexico is incredibly high altitude, so it's uh, uh, two thousand two hundred and fifty meters above sea level. Um, so when you get to that point, the air density is a, a lot less; it's twenty two percent less dense than it would be at sea level. Um, and so that's a completely different effect for the aerodynamics because the drag is massively reduced for the aero packages. Uh, that means that you can run that high downforce setup. You get less downforce, which is why you need to, but you don't have as much penalty for doing so. So that helps Red Bull in that regard because the offset isn't so bad. But the other thing is uh, the effect on the powertrain as well. Um, for these current cars, it's not so bad because they're all turbocharged cars. So... Um, the turbo is working harder to get the the compressor to, you know, also work harder as well because you need to improve the uh, the mass flow rate of air being forced into the engine. Uh, back in the eighties, when you had both eighties and naturally aspirated cars as well, uh, the naturally aspirated cars couldn't get anywhere near the turbo cars because that was the advantage they had. I think I did some digging and it was like nineteen eighty eight. Alessandro Nanini was the closest car to. Uh, the turbo cars and he was 3.2 seconds off the pace uh, and as we know even then it was a, it's changed slightly in the intervening period but it's still a short circuit so that's a massive amount of time um, today you know Red Bull's put and Honda has put a lot of development into that turbo uh, one of the things we know about the Honda turbo is that it uses a lot of um, transferable design ideas from the Honda jet project so Obviously, jet engines are designed to work in altitude. And so if they're able to use that, bring that into the Formula One car and essentially force more air into the compressor, then you're doing so much more work. And so you've 
obviously the Mercedes did have a bit of a straight line speed advantage over the weekend, but you are mitigating that so much more if you've got a good turbo at your disposal, which Red Bull and Honda do. So this is why we came into the weekend saying this is going to be a Red Bull circuit, and it, it was uh, effectively, apart from qualifying, but that was a that was a different case entirely. And that's what I was going to move on to next, JBL. How was it that Mercedes were able to lock out that front row, but then they struggled so much when it came to the race pace today? Um, as we said, the Red Bulls were just superior. Red Bull just dropped the ball a little bit yesterday, really. They, one of the things they were dealing with was the rear wing cracks. Uh, and apparently they're not re- cracks jbl they keep saying <laughs> they're not cracks but they keep covering it with tape so we can't see so well well red bull pr say it's not cracks the drivers have said otherwise so <laughs> someone's not towing the party line here but yeah as as jess said they were covering it with tape um to ensure that the wing wasn't gonna break which is a bit of a rudimentary fix uh and probably the people back at the aero uh department back at the factory are probably uh cringing into their pillows a little bit but um that was probably one of the problems and they were probably trying to just ensure that they weren't going to break but at the same time Verstappen said he probably could have got pole with a better run uh obviously they did blame Sonoda ahead of them um but I think at that point they were just looking for a scapegoat because they just didn't execute qualifying in the way that they wanted to and Mercedes did uh Bottas was absolutely stunning yesterday um which is you know he probably used up all of his luck yesterday and as Jess said he's had a bit of a, a miserable time today Let's talk about Bottas because that uh, leads us on very nicely. His day was pretty tragic from start to finish. As you said earlier, Jess, I mean, it got to the point where it was almost painful to watch because you're like, seriously, what else can go wrong for this man? Because he started on pole um, and everything just unraveled from there entirely. Can you just talk us through what went so wrong for him today, Jess, for any listeners uh, that may not be clued up? Yeah, I mean, he did. He didn't get a bad start. Hamilton probably got a slightly better one, and then obviously, as we've kind of touched on, the toe is a bit more um, favourable to those obviously behind uh, that is having a hole punched into the air for them. Um, but yeah, weird positioning got himself kind of leaving a gap for Max to to take to take that um, P one into turn one, and then Ricardo, who was looking quite fighty. Uh, and a bit sendy, as we sometimes see him uh, going into corners. Uh, just mistimed it, really. I mean, if you look on the onboards, there was a gap for Ricardo, but you see, and as we all know, when we're going into turn one, lap one, those gaps very, very quickly close up, especially if you're aiming for the apex there before the cars in front of you have, have made the apex. So I think it was a bit of a, it was a move that wasn't really going to stick for Ricardo. But if you look around him, there wasn't really anywhere else for him to go other than the grass. So it was quite unfortunate. You know, the, the contact was was decent enough, but obviously other than Ricardo losing his front wing, um, not too much damage. Like it was a it was it was considerable impact, but nothing too catastrophic as we've seen. So quite unlucky there, but you know, you go for a gap and it closes. What you're going to do? So yeah, spun, spins Bottas around, and then I mean those 39 laps of watching Bottas desperately trying to get past Ricardo. At one point, it was genuinely like, are we just in this perpetual loop of watching these two? I mean, again, shows you just how much there was going on elsewhere that the TV directors just basically showed as a repeat and stuck with the, the two uh, the two drivers just tr- desperately trying to get past. Um, it was quite 
it was quite mind-numbing after a while. It was really quite hard to watch. Um, a couple of racy moves. Like, again, you could see Bottas was desperately trying to get past the McLaren. But, again, um, a few throttle errors got a bit of a whopper on which meant that he couldn't make the move stick and then got a bit of a poor purchase out of the corner for the next uh the next kind of overtaking attempt so that was bad and then obviously we had the pit stop that was slow um apparently the cake tin got too hot in the when he came into pits and therefore it made the uh the wheel the wheel uh a bit sticky and it wouldn't remove itself from from the car so not quite as bad as it fusing uh in monaco but you know pretty pretty bad slowed him way way down um and that was pretty much you know recovery drive over uh for Bottas and then we saw him obviously try and make something up by taking that faster step away from Max um and I mean I don't know what everybody else kind of noticed on this but I it looked like Max purposefully and obviously is is, as it is right kind of slowed Bottas down a little bit to make sure that he couldn't get a clear flying lap um on his on his scrub softs but uh, yeah, it was just a, a, a weird, weird scenario of seeing Bottas have to come in twice after one failed fastest lap attempt. Um, but again, when you're at the back of the grid, he didn't have anything to lose. No positions were going to help. And getting that fastest lap point now when we are at this point in the in the championship battle and it looks like Red Bull... I mean, I was saying coming out of Austin, I think that that was very, very much advantage Max Verstappen we're running out of tracks where Mercedes is going to have kind of any clear advantage. And we can see that on their A game, Max and Red Bull are pretty hard to beat. Um, the stats, when you compare Hamilton and Max this year, I just, I can't, when I saw them today, I was actually pretty shocked at how many pole positions Max has versus Lewis, how many wins Max has versus Lewis. And Max has more DNFs than Lewis this season. So all of that together just kind of shows, one, how tight it is at the top, as we keep saying week in, week out during the season. But it's very much a Bottas had to get that point from Max. If they've got any chance of clawing anything back, I mean, we have the anomalies of Qatar and Saudi. We don't know what that's gonna what that's gonna prove. We've never raced there before in Formula One, so we don't know if that is gonna be more favourable towards Red Bull or Mercedes. But yeah, we're running out of options. Well, Mercedes is running out of options if Lewis wants to close that gap and take it down to the finale. If that's where we're gonna be, but. The momentum swung now. I think Mercedes really had to come out and win this weekend. And I feel like I feel like we're beyond break point now if we're going to use a tennis terminology. We're going to dig in a bit more to that championship fight. But I do want to quickly ask, I've seen uh, on social media, some people saying that it was unsportsmanlike of Mercedes to use Bottas to steal that fastest lap point Jess is what? turning her face up here do we know do we know the reason as to why um, people are some of the reasoning Bottas isn't involved in that fight so he shouldn't be taking the point away it's not it's not to do with him Mercedes shouldn't be doing that I was about to ask do you think <laughs> that that's valid but I can tell by your face of pure ugh that you don't agree <laughs> Correct, but I feel like I've done a lot of talking, so I might pass it over yeah, to JBL. Yeah, so JBL, I'm going to come to you. Otherwise, I might I get a bit ranty, and that, that's, you know, that's no good for anybody. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to set her off. JBL. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we probably have a similar opinion in that it's that's 
that's rubbish uh, and there's many reasons for why that's rubbish is you have two cars and you're in a championship battle and one of the parameters that you have to race by is there is a point for fastest lap if max verstappen has that fastest lap you can't just go well we could pit valtteri to take it off him but that would be unsporting of us so we're not going to do that nobody's going to do that what is on the line here what is at stake here and it could go down to a point we don't know and that could have been a masterstroke and that could win a title you're not going to not do it just because someone on twitter might think worse of you of all the things to call in sportsman like when as jbl says f1 is a team sport and when valtteri was nowhere and okay it's stolen a point away from max but then be the rules like you, you can do that and if anything it's as jbl said it's it's actually I actually find it more interesting that there are those tactics that teams can turn to in order to win championships. I don't know if we'd have sacrificed Bottas from like P3 or something. I mean, that would have that yeah, would that's a never different happen. story. But but uh, I just don't. I don't. Maybe I need to read the justification. But I almost don't even want to give it a page view if that's what they're coming out with. People were talking about Perez potentially doing that last weekend, going, "Oh, they should bring him in because Hamilton's got the fastest lap point." No, then Red Bull's not going to do that either because they had constructors' points on the line. This is the battle they're playing in. I, I sort of find it weird that you have that sort of dichotomy of it's unsportsmanlike if they do it, but if someone else does it, it's okay. I get that Formula One is tribal and that lot, but. Yeah, I, I I don't I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, crashing into people on purpose is unsportsmanlike. Using a second car to your advantage is not unsportsmanlike. Yeah, we're probably all in agreement now. I think that's something we see often in Formula One. I don't think this was any different. And as you said, Jess, Bottas had, you know, he had nothing to gain in his position. So it would have been a strange take from Mercedes to suddenly be like, oh, uh, no, let's let's not do that. Let's um not get him involved when it is a team sport um, as well as driver sport. So we've cleared that up. JBL, we're going to talk about the championship battle a little bit more. Jess has given us her thoughts on it and the fact that the momentum is well behind uh, Red Bull in her opinion. What is your take on it? Do you think that, yeah, this swing is pretty big and Mercedes are going to really struggle to claw it back? Or do you think, you know, snip and tuck, we could still see things uh, go their way? The last two circuits we've been at are ones that we were expecting Red Bull to do well at. And I think Brazil might be another one. Mercedes should be a little bit stronger in Brazil, and it could probably go either way, depending on the the situation. But um, yeah, Mexico has always been a Red Bull stronghold, really. Coming away from this, it it doesn't feel like a massive surprise. It's how Mercedes bounces back in the next few circuits. Uh, It's if it can find something in Brazil. um, If Qatar and Saudi Arabia play to its strengths, I sort of have a feeling that the way that Saudi Arabia is with all of those consecutive cor- uh, high-speed corners that require a lot of downforce. I think Red Bull's going to do quite well there. Um, uh, and then it's going to come to Abu Dhabi. Um, I think there's still there's still everything to play for. I, th- I don't think we're quite at match point yet for Verstappen, but, you know, one or two more wins, then we might well be. Um uh, it can still go either way, but Verstappen does have an advantage, and I think that he's probably the best place to 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 do it. But you know, Mercedes is it's not their first rodeo, um, so they've got the expertise, they've got the the know how to make it count. Um, uh, and if Red Bull drops the ball a little bit, then they'll be there to profit. Um, 
so obviously on yeah on paper yeah it should suit red bull but mercedes has done it all before so uh we'll, we'll have to wait and see it's exciting though isn't it <laughs> it's very exciting i mean we are literally getting down to the wire with this and um Max is still so cool and calm and collected about it all, even though, you know, everyone else is sort of saying, you know, it's really, the momentum is really getting behind you. And he's just so level-headed about it, which does make it even more exciting. Um, I am intrigued to see how the next few races unfold. Um, as you said, Mercedes have done this, you know, it's not their first time, but it's getting close. It's getting very, very close and it's exciting for us. Uh, let's move further down the Field, though um to Pierre Gasly who finished an excellent fourth um sort of a lonely race for him I feel like we have this conversation about Pierre a lot so we're not going to dwell on it too much but um once again just solid and consistent and really there's there's nothing negative really to say about him is he he's just doing what he needs to do but you know as we know the future wise which I know uh, is a, you know, controversial topic. Some people like, you know, keep him in AlphaTauri. That's where he's doing well. Uh, but a lot of people are saying his performance and his consistency warrants a better seat. What did you make of his weekend, uh, Jess? We'll come to you first. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of bad that we're just kind of getting used to Pierre Gasly putting in these amazing performances, but not really having too much to show for it other than obviously a great points haul for uh, Alpha Tauri his teammate DNFing aside um but on his side of the garage it's looking it's looking great I mean the pace that he had today was was incredible and um, you know the Ferraris were saying they just couldn't get anywhere close to him um you know we we even had Ferrari having team orders to see if science could eke out more pace out of him but he just couldn't get anywhere near I think just under seven seconds was as close as they could get in those final stages to to him so yeah lonely but very solid drive and again it's I guess it's the the age-old problem with Formula One there are only sets only so many seats and so many I guess premier tier seats available he's tried it once in Red Bull he didn't get on with it so whether or not it would be a good place for him to go back to probably not uh, you would argue so for me I think I heard Jensen Button saying this on the commentary as well for me the only thing that he can do is stay where he is and hope that with the new regulations Alpha Tauri gets even more competitive um, and he can kind of think about winning races with them but he needs to get himself to a manufacturer, I think. Um, but again, not too many positions available to him there either. So it's the age-old problem that there's not enough seats in Formula One. There aren't enough teams in Formula One. There aren't enough manufacturers in Formula One. So unless something... You know, is Formula One, a lot of crazy things happen. We've seen uh, surprise and shock moves from people. I guess, you know, Daniel Ricciardo moving to Renault was a was a massive shock. No one really expected that. Could we see Pierre Gasly at Alpine? Uh, I'm not sure if that's a great move for him. But yeah, just... It, it almost kind of... There's nothing else for us to say, really. We know how great a driver he is. But he's not got much else to to think about or go to so just kind of one of those slightly sad but also great 
that we're seeing him put in these performances and show what a great driver he is. But yeah, there's not really many places for him to go to be really up there and in those challenging positions. And whilst we are on AlphaTauri, let's quickly touch on Yuki Tsunoda because pretty uh, rough day for him, of course, out in the first corner. Um, and yesterday he had that little dressing down from Red Bull, shall we say. Uh, what were your thoughts on that, JBL? On You mentioned it briefly at the start of the podcast. What were your thoughts on yesterday and how Red Bull handled it and who was in the wrong as such? Well, I think generally yesterday, Sonoda looked really, really good. He looked really good in practice and he looked like he was on top of everything this weekend. And it's sort of the form we've seen in the last few rounds. Uh, obviously, he's being sort of not quite driver coached by Alex Albon, but Alex Albon is providing support for him in on that side of the garage. Um, and he, he looks much better for it. He looks like he's sort of come out the other side of the difficulties he's had earlier in the year. And he just needs to sort of have an opportunity to build on that. And today could have been that um, if he, you know, he didn't have engine penalties and that kind of thing. And I think in qualifying yesterday in Q3, um, Alpha Tauri has contended that, Sonoda was aware of the situation. He had Verstappen, well, Perez and Verstappen behind him. Um, and because he was got through to Q3 because they felt that Gasly might need a tow, um, he was sort of, he'd done his bit uh, and it was just sort of like trying to get off the track. And uh, I think Perez saw him ahead, maybe sort of got a little bit distracted and had a little bit of a, a, a brain fade, if you like, and sort of followed him into that runoff area. And I don't think Sonoda's to blame for that. I really don't. Um, whatever your sort of opinion on whether he should have been in Q3 or not, AlphaTauri had an express purpose for him being there. They got him through. He got through on merit. He was very, very quick. Uh, and he'd done his bit to, to help Gasly out. And, you know, he, he couldn't really disappear off the track. Um so yeah, I think I think Red Bull have been very very unfair on him. Um, we know that Yuki is he's still in his first year. He's made mistakes. He's learning. That's kind of what you do as a rookie. You should get a free pass in your first year to, you know, start the season off making a few mistakes. So you know where the limits are. Um, but I think that sort of unfairly got him a reputation, and um, it, it was very easy for Red Bull to kind of pin the tail on that particular donkey. And, uh, yeah, it was just unfortunate positioning at the time, I think. Um, and, and, and then that first corner, um, it was just a mess, uh, because what it was him, Ocon and Schumacher kind of three wide in that corner and him, him and Schumacher kind of pincered Ocon. Ocon got out of it absolutely fine. And I don't entirely know how, but Snowder and, uh, Schumacher were left by the wayside and that was, that was it for them. Um, and, and as I said, Snowder needs a weekend where he can take that form and, and build on it and, and get another really good result. And he just didn't have that opportunity today because circumstances conspired against him. Jess, what did you make of the Red Bull Sonoda situation yesterday? We saw the uh, Mercedes admin getting involved in, you know, sending him a motivational message on Twitter. But do you agree with JBL that he was not at fault there and, you know, Red Bull maybe shouldn't have been quite so firm in their words after? Yeah, absolutely. I think, 
was it a strange way of letting a car through? Um, maybe. I mean, it kicks up a lot of dust. So, you know, that is slightly distracting for somebody that is trying to be completely and utterly focused on their run to try and get as high up in qualifying as they possibly can. So, but, you know, I don't know, was Yuki to know that? I mean, the, the whole track was blooming dusty as anything over the over Friday and Saturday. So, uh, slightly unfair maybe it was a slight I don't was he told to move over I actually haven't had that confirmed whether or not he was told to move aside by the team um but I think Red Bull really need to watch out about becoming the villain because they they seem to villainize themselves in what they say you know they've had to back down on a number of occasions or maybe one occasion in particular over the crash at Silverstone you know they it was the momentum and the fan momentum was behind them after Silverstone. And then they managed to completely and utterly turn that around and become the bad guys. And I just think it's really... I can understand, obviously. We're in a very, very fraught title battle, both in the constructors. There's a point in the constructors at the moment. Um, it's incredibly close. You know, it's, it's Red Bull's closest bite at the cherry in years they're gonna you know emotions are gonna run high and every session is gonna count but for Christian Horner to come out and to badmouth a Red Bull driver to me it's just smacks it's just smacks wrong to to have called it we've been synoded as if this is Yuki's kind of you know second or third or you know repeat offense at, at, at blocking the Red Bull drivers I just think it's it's bad like what did it kind of come out because of the emotion like had he thought about it would he take it back potentially is it that much of a big deal no but we know how quickly fan opinion can turn and I just think to put that much pressure on one of your young drivers is a bit out of order and and unjustly deserved as I think you know we've seen and you know I'm I'm quite glad that Alpha Tauri kind of put their foot down and went actually he did nothing wrong here he tried to do everything right by your drivers and play the sister team game and you've come out and told him that it's all his fault you know Perez shouldn't have you know like as, as JBL said it looked like Perez had a bit of a brain melt moment and and ruined his own lap so and that obviously then <laughs> distracted Verstappen. So yeah, I think I think it's really unfair. I think you know, uh, uh, Doctor Helmut Marco on the grid today talking to Sky made it very very clear that they didn't think Sonoda was in the wrong. So I'm quite glad that they've come out and and said that now. But you know, just a bit yeah, it was just a bit out of order. And Red Bull just have to watch out. They don't they don't want to become the villain in this in this saga, but they have sometimes the tendencies of putting themselves in that position, which was easily avoidable. Just don't, just don't say it. Don't badmouth your drivers. Like kind of just kind of support them and say that they're in the right. Like seems, seems like day one PR stuff, but who am I to say I'm not a team principal? Okay. Now, before we continue, we want to say a quick thanks to today's podcast sponsor, Everyone knows how important it is to keep their immune system as strong as possible, particularly coming into the cold and flu season. The team at Suns are always looking out for ways to help men with their health, and they have done it again with their new Ultimate Immune Health Supplement. It's formulated from 11 powerful ingredients and includes all the key vitamins, minerals, and amino acids you need, like D, C, B, zinc, and the plant maca. 
all the things you expect from a multivitamin. However, it's also got a special ingredient, a beta-glucan called Wellmune, which is clinically proven in 12 scientific trials. One trial in marathon runners led to a 40% reduction in respiratory infections. Another study is showed a 71% reduction in the number of individuals reporting cold and flu symptoms. So if you're already taking a multivitamin or are looking for something to strengthen your immune system this winter season, then check out suns.co.uk and use the code AUTO30 to get £30 off your first order. It's the perfect supplement for fighting viruses, maintaining energy and hydration, as well as recovery from sport and weekend overindulgence. Now, let's move on to Ferrari. Um, they got not too much uh, airtime today, but it was a solid points haul. Um, they moved ahead of McLaren, got a good a good swing there in the constructors. Uh, JBL, what is it that Ferrari have done to unlock this pace? Because they weren't looking quite this good at the start of the season, but it seems that things have really turned up for them since they got in uh, that new, uh, the new engine unit. Yeah, so what they did was they made a few changes to their uh, their energy store, their battery, um, uh, and a few other ancillary sort of uh, ECU changes as well. Um, sorry, uh, ICE changes as well. Uh, and it just seems to have given Ferrari a bit of a lift. And I think part of that as well is that uh, at the start of the season, Carlos Sainz had to get used to the Ferrari as well. And now that he's done that, he's pushing Leclerc and Leclerc's pushing him. And they're so evenly matched, it's a really, really good pairing that they've got. And they just seem to be sort of on 10 every single weekend. Um, and I think sort of fifth and sixth was probably the maximum that Ferrari could have got today. Um, we did have that moment uh, towards the end of the race where, um, you know, Gasly was ahead. I think he was like nine seconds ahead of Leclerc and Ferrari tried to enact a switch. And Leclerc was a little bit recalcitrant about it and <laughs> eventually let science through. But by that point, Gasly had, got another three seconds ahead and it was a bit too little too late so they switched back um so yeah it's just a really really solid race and it's exactly what they needed because um as we saw well norris had the entry penalty over uh, mclaren and ricardo had the uh his his uh dreadful race uh in which he hit bottas and uh spent the rest of the race trying to to hold him off so it was just exactly what they needed uh and could they have got gasly if they've been a little bit smarter with their strategy potentially uh but i think gasly was just a little bit too strong today uh he, he was in one of those races where he was just on his own and just doing his thing and um leclerc couldn't get close to him they tried a slightly longer run with science uh but uh, as i said it, again it was too little too late to try and do anything with him so uh fifth and sixth was 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 good maybe could have been better but very very strong and in the post-race show today f1's post-race show we saw lando and carlos sort of you know interviewing each other as such and discussing how things will unfold between the two teams for the rest of the season um it's very very close between them two teams and it looks set to continue to be like that jess what do you make of that battle and who do you think might end up coming coming out on top I mean, I think it is, again, starting to swing in Ferrari's favour after this kind of power boost that they've seen. Um, Carlos came out this afternoon saying that he 
is a bit wary about Qatar and Saudi. He thinks that McLaren might have pace advantage there. And from what I think the teams have seen in the first simulations of Qatar, which is obviously a big unknown for everybody, but they, they I think a lot of teams are seeing that you need a big pace advantage um, to get to get track position, basically. So qualifying could prove to be really, really important in Qatar. Um, and we know how pacey that Mercedes power unit is. So I think they, they've they said that they're slightly worried about that. But the biggest thing is, is Sainz and Leclerc are consistently bringing home points. At McLaren, I mean, today, Lando Norris, who started towards the back of the grid, was the only driver to bring home a point which you know, it was a great recovery drive from Norris today. Um, interesting, uh, interesting tactics, uh, extended stints to try and make sure that, that they brought home that point. But McLaren need Ricardo to start shouldering some of that responsibility in bringing points home. We can't have, or McLaren can't have, one driver bringing home all the points, which which Lando currently has, I think, 50 points more than Ricardo currently. And I know that we've had um, re- criticism of Ricardo's start to the season. He's taken a bit of a while to bed into that McLaren, but he has been showing, you know, he's won a race. He's been showing a lot more um, promise, but I guess we kind of touched on earlier on in the show it was slightly unfortunate today but they can't if their battle is with with with, with ferrari for that third uh, in the constructors they can't be taking risks at this point in the series uh, in the season anymore so if if they can't if ricardo can't bring it together and start bringing home enough points to to help in that battle then we could see ferrari start to run away with it if they if they can keep their consistency up so it's a really interesting battle it's been kind of almost like the secondary constructors battle um that we've been kind of following throughout the throughout the season um but yeah i mean and also interestingly today i mean i know it was one car versus two cars but this is the first time since 2014 Belgian Grand Prix that Mercedes and Ferrari have brought home the same number of points as each other um which is kind of it's quite bizarre um and actually in in Belgium they also both brought home 18 points so uh weird little mirror stat for you there that I think we picked out for social media but yeah um McLaren need both cars up there if they're going to stand any chance of of battling Leclerc and Sainz Hmm, nice little stat there. Thanks for that, Jess. <laughs> nice uh, little insight. Um, we touched there on Daniel Ricciardo. Obviously, it was not a good day for him after that collision or uh, with Bottas. JBL, what did you actually make of that? Because uh, some people were surprised that he didn't get penalised for it. What did you think? You know, thinking about it, I am as well. Um it it was kind of sort of brushed under the carpet pretty pretty swiftly. Um, uh, I assume there was an investigation, and uh, and they came away and thought probably not. Um, listening to to Ricardo's post race uh, interview, um, he, he he said that uh, he he thought he'd locked up going into the first corner, but um, he did have that initial lock, but then he felt that he got it sort of back under control. Um, but yeah, there was just no space for, for him to, to, to make the move or to back out. Cause obviously you slam the brakes on earlier than everyone else has got to react to that or 
he goes into Bottas, which is what he did. Um, and it was just it was just unfortunate for for both of them because Ricardo reckoned he could have been in the battle with the Ferraris and Gasly. Um, and on the evidence of the McLaren straight line speed, which you know he did a very good job keeping ahead of Bottas always, he probably could have managed it. So yeah, I think a lot of lost opportunity for McLaren to lessen the blow to Ferrari in that race. Um, but yeah, again, we've got four more races, um, uh, and they should be they should be good um, over the rest of the season. Ferrari will be as well. Um, uh, and if Ricardo is, he's, he's slowly getting on top of the car, I think. Um, and if both both drivers are sort of engine penalty less and don't get caught up in first corner incidents, I think they'll probably be all right. Um, but they just need to not have a Mexico disaster. Um, going slightly off tangent away from unpicking what happened today through the teams, uh, who is your driver of the day, guys? Uh, it just came into my head. I haven't really thought about you. Jess's face there. I haven't really thought about it myself, so I'm just going to put was, you on the spot. Who was driver of the day? Was it, was it Checo? I think Little... it was Checo. Oh, I think shock. it was Checo. Yeah. Um, um, so who who would your driver of the day be? I was just wondering that. I think Max. I mean, it's yeah. kind of one of those... It was kind of one of those... Days As where... we always say, the one who just gets away, does a clean job, comes home first, doesn't really get the drive of the day. But Doesn't get drive of the day because it's too boring. But I d- other than that, I can't think of anybody that was really... I mean, Gasly, again, like we've touched on, Gasly had a stellar race, um, but it was kind of just... I don't know, just rather uneventful. And I guess a lot of people are, are, are very used to when they're voting for this is that they want someone who brings the drama, who brings the entertainment, as we've touched on before. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of... I, do you know what? I hadn't even Cowboy, thought sorry. about driver of the day. <laughs> um, JBL, who was yours? Uh, I'll say Gasly. Uh, I was going to say either Gasly or Raikkonen um, because Raikkonen finished P8, which is... Good. But then I remembered that on the way to the grid, uh, he sped in the pit lane and copped a fine. So I'm not going to give it to him because that's a bit... I can't help I mean... but think that Raikkonen literally just does not give a damn about the final races. He's like, what are you going to do to me? I've got like five more races to go. So let's just speed in the pit lane. Let's just, you know... To have, was... to have some investigations. It's, it just seems to be very... Uh... I mean, as you said... Amazing finish today. Well, he seemed he seemed to have fun out there. I think the speeding in the pit lane before the race has even started. It's it's the only time all year he's been too quick. Um, so I'll say I'll say Gasly. Well, a huge thanks to today's sponsor for bringing the show to you for free. They are Party Casino, your first choice for sports betting. And of course, Formula One, who will be the winner next time out? Who's your favourite? Who's the outsider? And who might you want to bet on? You can, of course, bet on this year's Drivers' Championship as it goes down to the wire. But not just Formula One. Check out the sports section of Party Casino for the Premier League, Championship, Bundesliga, or La Liga, or maybe all about tennis, horse racing, or MotoGP. Any one of 39 different sports in Party Casino. And hit the slots with the full Party Casino experience with jackpot slots, the best Vegas games, roulette in the life casino, and of course, blackjack as well. Partycasino.com has now got a safer gambling section on the homepage, so you can play while staying safe, learn how betting works, and manage the time you spend online. So, when you're ready, let's get the party started with 50 free spins on Starburst. 
How do you do it? You go to autosport.com slash party casino. In three easy steps, sign up, make a deposit of 10 quid and enjoy 50 free spins. That's autosport.com slash party casino. Open to UK residents over 18 years old. Read full terms and conditions at partycasino.com and please gamble responsibly. But let's actually talk about Antonio Giovinazzi, seeing as you brought up Kimi Raikkonen. There was a moment there where he, you know, surged his way up to sixth in lap one madness, but ultimately finishing 11th. What did you make of his day and weekend? Of course, he is still fighting to prove himself for that seat. What did you make of it, Jess? Yeah, he seemed very upset after after the race. He wasn't very happy with the strategy that he was given um but from what from what we can tell or what i what i what i gathered is is that uh the tires didn't work out for him today um but uh, you know he was a bit unfortunate with where he came out kind of post pit stops um just kind of didn't work for him in the end and it's it's a tricky track to to overtake uh as we saw even when uh checo was closing in on Hamilton, it's very it's very tricky to to make those moves stick. So yeah, a bit of a he's, he see. I was quite surprised with how upset he was though. I mean, we we kind of say he's he's a very um, he's a very calm character when you in, interview him usually. But the uh, our uh, our reporters that are on the ground in Mexico that that spoke to him were quite surprised at how potentially punchy he was with some of his comments and and how upset he was so yeah it was an interesting an interesting one but as you said a bit he will be disappointed he was running pretty well but not didn't really go his way in the end and jbl what do you make for his chances of staying in that seat next year oh good question uh it is, this is something that we've been talking about for ages because it's the last seat that's everyone got their business done early and we're just waiting on this one seat. And it's also been a little bit clouded by the Andretti purchase that didn't happen. Um, and I think that even though he didn't have the super license points, they were very keen on getting Colton Herter in the car, which would have been amazing. Um, yeah. But that doesn't look like happening. Um He's not really doing his chances any favours at all. I don't think he's had a couple of good qualifyings. Uh, was it Belgium and Monza? No, Monza was quite good. Uh, Sochi was quite good, but he's just not been very good in the races. Um, and today was another one. Um, he was doing okay at the start, but he was much slower than Vettel. And I don't think he would have been in the points even with a better strategy either way. Um, I think... Yeah, I I don't think he'll be in the car next year. If he is, I'll be slightly surprised. I think it'll probably end up being Guan Yu Zhou or somebody. Um, just because I think maybe they have a bit more to offer, not just in terms of finance, but Giovinazzi's been doing this for three years now. He's not really shown much sign of improvement. Um, whether that's down to the car or not, I don't really know. But, you know, Kimi Raikkonen is for a Formula One driver in his, part, well past his best and uh, Giovinazzi's not beating him, uh, which is probably what you would expect um, in that situation. So, yeah, I'd be surprised if he was there next year. And I want to just quickly, quickly touch on the last teams that we haven't spoken about. So first up, Aston Martin. Um, Sebastian Vettel finishing seventh, I think it was his best finish. Um, 
almost two months, I think it was. How did you rate his drive today and also the team as a whole? Um, obviously, Stroll further down the order and a more tricky weekend for him. Jess? Yeah, uh, Vettel got stuck behind Giovinazzi for a lot of it, which was a bit frustrating for him. But yeah, it was a great drive from Seb today. Very controlled um, and great points haul to take home. It just seemed very, yeah, together. Um, made the work, made the strategy work, apart from getting stuck behind Gio, as, as we've said. So yeah, very, very good uh, for him. And Stroll, scrappy weekend. Like I know he had the engine penalty, um, but yeah, just a bit, bit obviously he had his crash yesterday. Um and uh, the slow pit stop really for him today ruined everything. Any chance of kind of making as big a climb as say Norris. So yeah, unfortunate for Stroll, but yeah, great, great race for Seb. JBL, Alpine up next. Uh, Fernando and Esteban, what did you think of their races and the team as a whole this weekend? Uh, this was one of their, they've not been the most consistent team this weekend and they've had some really good races in the last few rounds. Um, but Mexico was a bit of a non-starter really. Alonso did well to get points actually. Um, I think he benefited quite a lot from turn one, um, because he didn't qualify particularly well. So, well, he, he got, he got knocked out in Q1, um, which Alpine was not expecting. And I think they were expecting, you know, Fernando to be in Q3 and, and he wasn't, um, so yeah he did, he he was typically cutting in his uh way to 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 ninth place um so it's a good race from him and then Ocon as i said earlier he got sort of pincered at the start and then he just wasn't really anywhere today um so yeah it was just sort of two points is all right um but it's not what they want and they need a good finish to the season um Obviously, I know that it's sort of like pretty much a hard reset for next year, but, you know, they want to finish on a high. Uh, Fernando will want to sort of feel sufficiently motivated going into 2022. Obviously, Ocon's not really in, under any pressure given that he's got a lengthy contract, but, you know, he sort of ne- he sort of dropped a little bit after his uh, hungry victory and he just sort of needs to pick it up again. Um, uh, so, yeah, just not a great one. And final two teams, Williams and Haas. Jess, thoughts and feelings, any comments in particular about any of those drivers? Of course, Schumacher uh, out of the race pretty early, but the others? Mm, Shock Mazepin up to P11 at the start. Yes. Ultimately ended down at the back where maybe we're used to seeing him. Um, But that was a bit of a shock, I guess. It was, it was. And then with um, with Williams, they just pitted too soon. The the early the early pit stop didn't work for them, and they kind of just ran out of tires towards the end of the stint when other other teams had a bit more life in them. So we saw George getting past uh, a couple of times, uh, which was a bit unfortunate. It, it felt a bit yeah, it just felt a bit like sitting duck scenario. But I mean, I did think the um, him and Alonso had a good ding dong, which I thought was was quite good. But uh, yeah, just I think that early pit stop kind of put them on the back foot, really. And same for the Latifi; they uh, they both stopped. I think they were the first two to stop. So um, yeah, just didn't just couldn't make it work. Make it work, unfortunately. 
Well, there we have it. I think we've covered all the teams now and we are nearly at time. So before I let you guys go, looking ahead to Brazil, what do you expect from Brazil and what teams do you think are going to really dominate there? JBL, you're first. I don't know what I expect. I hope for a bit of rain. Uh, I'll be careful with that because I'm sure we'll get people going, oh, what about Belgium? Brazil's always good with a little bit of rain. uh, So that would be sort of quite nice just to sort of spruce it up a little bit but if not um again it'll be another big battle between uh rebel and mercedes for dominance um it's an interesting circuit very undulating very narrow very difficult to pass uh in the dry it's not a stellar one but yeah uh if someone's sort of like flying overhead with sort of like i don't know a silo of water or something just sort of like sprinkle it over mid-race would be great (laughs) that would be (laughs) absolutely perfect Okay, and Jess? Yeah, I I mean, similar feelings, really. I mean, we've got two of arguably the best uh, rain dancers or rain drivers, however you want to call them, in this championship battle. Uh, Hamilton and Verstappen battle out at Brazil in the wet would be quite... Uh, quite a quite a watch at least you'd hope it would be oh, anyway. that would be a treat yeah um i mean i can't i i still get goosebumps thinking about was it 2018 brazil when max just uh absolutely no earlier than that wasn't it 2016 maybe 2016 2016, 2016. yeah it was just absolutely magic to watch um so i think yeah that would be great and obviously the thing that we have to watch out for is is attrition. So if we do get any DNFs, it could spice things up. Um, we we know. I mean, Max crashed out from leading the race um, with Ocon, famously in 2018. So um, I think that's quite yeah. That's that's something to look out for. I mean, I don't think that's a that's a scenario that's likely going to repeat itself. But yeah, let's hope. Let's let's have a little bit of rain, as, as JBL said. Not not spa levels, but you know. Something where we can still be still be racy and have a, maybe an inters an inters race would be would be great fun uh, next time out. But Mercedes have to have to go for it in Brazil. Um, but we're gonna have to see what happens. We will have to wait and see. But thankfully, we don't have to wait too long because, of course, we are in our final triple header of the season. So we go to Brazil in just a few days. Guys, thank you so so much for joining me tonight. It is very late back in the UK, so I'm going to let you go. But before we wrap up, here's what you can read right now on Autosport Plus. Luke Smith was invited inside Mercedes Mission Control, where F1 races are won or lost. Read his full report. In WRC, Tom Howard writes about how Hyundai's radical approach to prepare for the new hybrid era. And of course, look out for Autosport driver ratings as our Grand Prix editor, Alex Kalanorkas, gives his scores on today's performances. That is all. Check out autosport.com forward slash plus, And I will see you this Friday for the Brazilian Grand Prix. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The world is waiting. Waiting for new thinking. 
for bold ideas that embrace a globally connected community, working together to create a better future for all. And that future, it can be found here at UC Riverside. Here, you'll join a community where diversity equals vitality, where support and empowerment lifts spirits and propels ideas forward. Fearless, innovative, connected. UC Riverside. Bold hearts, brilliant minds. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.